I'm Not a Gentleman is a production of ChaseAndRider.com. One negative, though, with the wash and press, depending on the cleaners, they could be pressing the shirt too hard. And what can happen is that can damage the buttons of the shirt. I've seen that happen. I've had that happen, actually. Over time, you know, that definitely accumulates. Of course, you can always get the buttons changed. But when you have shirts with mother or pearl buttons, that's usually an extra charge to get them replaced again is something I'm not really a big fan of. You know what I mean? Yo, what up? Welcome to I'm Not a Gentleman, the show designed to help you look stylish without following trends. I'm your host, Vladimir Rache from ChaseAndRider.com and your favorite menswear YouTuber's favorite menswear YouTuber. I've helped dozens of clients and hundreds of students and viewers feel more confident by looking their best and always making a great first impression. This is a topic that I've been thinking about doing a video about for the longest time. I haven't gotten a chance to do that, so I'm going to make a podcast episode about it first. And then eventually I'll make a video on it. But it's how to prolong the life of your clothes. I think it's a very important topic. We spend a lot of money on our clothes. So it's definitely a good idea to make the clothes last as long as possible while still looking good. Because the beauty of classic menswear is not having to buy the same clothes over and over again. Because in reality, the type of clothes that I champion should be lasting you a really long time. You don't really have to worry about any trends with the clothes that I'm talking about going out of style or anything like that. So the only thing that can really go wrong is that the clothes get damaged and then you have to buy new ones to replace them. Now, I'm not saying that the things that I'm going to talk about are going to make the clothes last forever. But it's going to prolong the life of the clothes as much as possible. And I'm going to save the best tip for last. So make sure you listen all the way through. Because once I realized that one, it became a life changer. Intro. Back in that, back in that bag again. Whoa, whoa. So as I was saying in the intro, this episode is about how to prolong the life of your clothes. We're going to be talking about suits. We're going to be talking about shirts. We're going to talk about knitwear, and we are also going to talk about shoes. So let's get to it, starting with your suit. One question that I usually get is how often should someone dry clean their suits? It's a good question because it really depends on how often you wear your suit. But I think to answer the question properly is definitely less than you think that you might have to. Personally, I only dry clean my clothes if I really have to. I'm very fortunate to have a ton of suits, so I don't really wear one suit too often to really wear I have to dry clean it. Uh, I would say you want to dry clean your clothes when there's a tough stain that you're trying to get out. I don't really advise that you try to get the stains out yourself if you don't know what you're doing because you might end up doing more bad than good. So if there's a tough stain that you're looking to get out of your suit, it's best to have the professionals handle that. And um, another reason why you might want to dry clean your clothes, this actually happened to me before. I went to go eat at this hibachi restaurant. Couldn't get the smell out of my suit, so I had to take it to a cleaner. But typically, I don't really dry clean my clothes as I don't wear them that often for me to have to do that. I have about like 12 suits maybe and probably another 10 sport coats. 
something like that. So I don't really wear them too often. But not everybody is fortunate to have that many suits and sport coats. So you never want to wear the suits on consecutive days. And two days is really what I would recommend because you want the suit to dry up because you're going to sweat in the suit. That happens naturally. The suit is going to wrinkle. So you want to hang it up and let the wrinkles naturally fall off the suit. And also you want the suit to also dry naturally. So the first thing that I would recommend for something like that is to have a good wooden hanger. So I don't recommend plastic or metal. You want a wooden hanger, especially for when you first take the suit off. So I'm not saying that you should have a wooden hanger for every suit in your closet, but you want to have a couple, at least one. That way, when you first take the suit off, you put it on that hanger. So the suit hanger that I use is from a company called Nakata Hanger. Nakata is well known in the industry. They are handmade in Japan. And I got mine from Alterton London. Alterton is a store that I've spoken about before on my YouTube channel. They sell shoes, garment bags, hangers, shoe care products, umbrellas, and a whole bunch of things. It's a really great store. I highly recommend Nakata hangers. The one I use is the AUT-03. The reason why it's important to have good hangers for your suit is because of the shoulder. So you want the shoulder or the hangers to kind of mimic your own shoulders. So in other words, you do want it to be ergonomic, and that's what Nakata hangers offer. Really great product, so just make sure that you're using those kind of hangers when you first take your suit off. And also the fact that it's made out of wood is also going to help draw any moisture from the shoulder of the suit. So very important that you use those, man. And like I said, never wear your suit on consecutive days. Preferably, you want to give it at least two days in between. And one thing I forgot to mention, with Nakata hangers from Alterton, you can actually have your initials on there, your logo, or what have you, just to make it truly yours. So on mine, I have the Chase and Rider logo. Those type of hangers can be a little bit pricier, but it's absolutely worth it because, once again, those things are going to help prolong the life of your suit. So the next thing that you want to do is use a garment brush. And you want to use that when you first take the suit off. That way you're getting all the dust off that collected throughout the day. And you also want to do that when you're about to put the suit on because it can also collect dust while it's in your closet. And um, a good brush is a way to reinvigorate the suit just to brush the nap to make the suit look new again. And you want to start at the collar because typically that's where the dust is going to collect the most. And also you want to get in the creases, and by the creases I mean between the body of the suit and the sleeves. Now, I wouldn't recommend that you just use any brush. You want something with natural bristles. Now, another thing that's important is to use a garment bag when your clothes are out of season. At first, I started to use a garment bag every time, but it was getting really annoying because I couldn't tell which suit was in which garment bag. I developed a system where I was putting stickers on the garment bags that would tell me which suit was in there, but that was getting tedious. So now I only use garment bags on my clothes that are out of season. So right now my hopsack suits, fresco, those are in garment bags. And that's one way to protect the suits from getting dust on them. And also you don't want any morphs to be going through your fabric. 
And that's when that happens is when the suit is sitting for too long. So if it's in your rotation, more so probably not really going to get a chance to really get in there. But if it's something that you put away for like six months, that can happen. So cedar wood is also a good option. There are hangers that are made out of cedar wood, or you can also buy a block of cedar wood and put it in your closet. So those type of things you really want to prepare for because prevention is better than cure. You don't want to have a hole in your suit because some moths went in there. You want to prevent those things to happen in the first place. That way you don't have to deal with that. So those are the things that I would recommend in order to take care of your suit and to make it last longer. I do have an extra tip when it comes to suits. It's a really good one, but I'll leave it to the end. So the next item that we're going to talk about is your shirt. I get a lot of questions about shirts and how to take care of them. So let's talk about shirts, man. So the first thing that you can do with your shirt is, number one, you really only want to wear your shirts once. You know, I don't really recommend shirts to be worn more than once. There are exceptions. So, for example, if you wear a shirt only for like an hour or two and you get home and the shirt still looks great, then I guess you can wear it again. Assuming it's not a white shirt, because if it's a white shirt, there's no way that's going to look great after you wear it the first time, I don't think. But I recommend you only wear them once and then you get them cleaned before you wear them again because they're going to look dirty. You know what I'm saying? Now, the question that I get is, how should one wash their shirts? And there are a couple of different options, and we're going to talk about both. So obviously the first method is to take your shirt to the dry cleaners. Now, one misconception, when you take your shirt to the dry cleaners, they're not actually dry cleaning the shirt. What they're doing is called a wash and press. Now, they can dry clean the shirt if you ask for it, but if you don't say anything and you just drop off your shirt, they're just going to wash and press it. And one thing that I would recommend, you want to make sure that you tell them that do not use any starch on your shirt if that's the method that you're going to use. Now, this is the easiest method by far because all you're doing is dropping the shirt off and picking it up. Back when I was working in property management, the dry cleaners used to actually pick up the shirts from the building. So if you live in a building with a concierge, there's a chance that they may even offer that. So all you really have to do is just put it in the bag and drop it off at the concierge, and they just let you know when the shirt is back. So this is as easy as it gets. One negative, though, with the wash and press Depending on the cleaners, they could be pressing the shirt too hard. And what can happen is that can damage the buttons of the shirt. I've seen that happen. I've had that happen, actually. Over time, you know, that definitely accumulates. Of course, you can always get the buttons changed. But when you have shirts with mother or pearl buttons, that's usually an extra charge to get them replaced again is something I'm not really a big fan of. You know what I mean? But that's one negative I can I can think of when it comes to dropping your shirt off at the cleaners. We'll be right back. Yo, real quick, I got something very special to share. Are you ready to elevate your style game? Well, I got just the thing for you when you want to cost you a dime. Introducing my latest ebook, The Seven Style Mistakes That You're Making Right Now. It's packed with insights to help you up your style game. In this exclusive guide, 
I break down the common pitfalls that many of us fall into. From fashion faux pas to overlooked details, I got you covered. You'll learn how to turn heads for all the right reasons and boost your confidence in any situation. So are you ready to transform your wardrobe and leave those style mistakes behind? Head over to I'mNotAGentleman.com or click the link in the show notes to grab your copy of the 7 style mistakes that you're making right now. It's a game changer and it's 100% free. Thanks for tuning in today. And remember, style is a reflection of who you are. Let's make sure you're sending the right message. Grab your copy now and let's embark on this style journey together. Until next time, stay stylish. Um, If you're a control freak like myself and you happen to have time, the best way is to do it yourself, which is what I've been doing lately. It's not fun. It's not one of those things that I like to do. For example, when I clean my shoes, I actually like to clean my shoes, even though it takes a while, but I find it to be therapeutic. I can say the same for washing my shirts. But it does give me better control, so I don't have to worry about the buttons getting damaged when I wash my own shirts, you know what I mean? Now, there's a lot to consider when you're going to be washing your own shirts. Let's go over them. So the first thing that you want to do, I know it sounds obvious, but you want to undo all the buttons. So every single button, if it's a button down collar, you want to make sure you get that, make sure you get the cuffs. Um, The second thing, which I've forgotten to do in the past, and you don't want to forget that, is to remove the collar stays from the shirt. So if you have collar stays in there, put them in a safe place, but don't forget to remove them. Um, The third thing is you want to pre-treat any kind of tough stains like if you got grease on your shirt you want to pre-treat that if there are some tough stains like around the collar or around the cuffs you definitely want to pre-treat those before you throw them in the in the washing machine so one thing that i use is called the stain solution by the laundress so you can use something like that to pre-treat the stains the fourth thing This one is very important, man. You want to make sure you're not using any chlorine-based detergents because that can really mess with the colors of your shirt. So you want to make sure that you are using a really good detergent. I, myself, I use the Laundress Signature Detergent Classic. The person that taught me how to really do this, that's what they use, so therefore that's what I use myself. They are kind of expensive. I think it costs around like $25, if I'm not mistaken, so you don't really have to use that one. Um, another one that I've used in the past is Wool Light Delicates, and that does a really good job as well. And it's much cheaper. I think those are around $13 or $15 or something like that. So Wool Light Delicates is probably what I would recommend for most people. So now it's time to wash the shirt. So the first thing that you want to do, you want to make sure that if it's a lighter material, something like poplin, that you're going to be using the Delicate Cycle. So lightweight dress shirts, Always use the delicate cycle. Heavier fabrics like Oxfords, then you can use the normal cycle. Now, if you guys know me and some of the things that I talk about when it comes to shirts, I always recommend white shirts, light blue shirts, a combination of the two. So blue and white stripes, and I also recommend light pink shirts. Those are the colors that I usually recommend. So we're talking about really light colors. 
So for those, you want to make sure that you're washing them in hot water. So whenever you're dealing with lighter colors, you want to use hot water. But if you do have some darker colored shirts, let's say you do have a navy shirt, for example. So for those, you can wash them in cold water. Now, one thing that's very important is you want to make sure that you take them out as soon as the wash cycle is complete. If you let them sit for too long, that's going to make them even more wrinkled. And being that you have to iron them yourself, that's not going to be fun. So once again, take them out of the washing machine as soon as the cycle is complete and you want to hang them to dry. But one thing to keep in mind, you don't have to wait until they're 100% dry to start ironing them. You actually want to iron them while they're still damped. That way you don't have to wet them as you're ironing them. They're already damped, so that's going to make it a lot easier and a lot faster when you're doing the ironing. Now, I'm not a huge fan of ironing, like I was saying before. It's for a couple of reasons. Number one, I have a bulge disc in my back um, from a car accident a long, long time ago. So whenever I'm leaning over to iron my shirt, because I'm in that position for too long, I really start feeling it in my back. And number two, I just don't really find it to be something fun, you know what I mean? But there are a lot of videos on YouTube that shows you the right way to iron a shirt. And there are some ways you can do it where you can do it pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Because once again, I don't want to be in that position for too long. So I try to do it as quickly as possible. So those are the ways that if you're going to be washing the shirts at home, that's what I would recommend that you do. But if you don't want to deal with all that, by all means, take them to the cleaners for wash and press. And hopefully it's not one of those cleaners that's going to be pressing on the shirt too hard and end up damaging your buttons. So that's it for shirts. Now let's talk about knitwear. As you guys know, I wear a lot of cardigans. A sleeveless cardigan is one of my favorite accessories to wear. And uh, those can be hard to, to take care of. So I do spend a pretty penny on those usually. But when it comes to knitwear, it's really all about the care label. You want to make sure that you are reading that carefully. That way you know exactly what they're asking you to do. And one thing that you can do, this is a cheat code. If you have an iPhone, I don't know if Android has the same thing. With the latest iOS on the iPhone, you can actually put your camera on a label and there'll be an option at the bottom that will tell you exactly what each item on the care label means. So whether you have to hand wash it, machine wash, dry clean only, what temperature, it'll tell you all that on the care label. So when it comes to knitwear, you want to make sure that you know exactly what it says on the care label of the item. Now, if you do have to wash it, whether it's hand washed or machine washed, when it's time to dry it, you never want to use a dryer. So just like your shirt before it, you never want to dry it. So it's the same thing with knitwear. Because what can happen is the heat in the dryer can compromise the shape and the fabric of your knitwear. Now, unlike the shirts, you also don't want to hang it to dry. Because when something is wet, it becomes heavy. And that can place extra stress on the fibers, causing it to stretch. The best way to get the water out of your knitwear, you can lay it flat on a clean towel. And then you can roll up the towel and wring out whatever water is in there. And then if you have a dry rack, you want to hang it on there for it to dry. But if you don't have a dry rack, you can also use a towel. Maybe on the couch or something, you put the towel down and then you put the sweater over it. For it to dry. Now, how do you store your knitwear? So one mistake that I made 
when I got my first short collar cardigan is I used to hang it. And then I realized it started getting a lot bigger than what it was originally. And that's because something like a short collar cardigan is already pretty heavy. So it was just stretching every time that I would hang it. So that's something that I had to learn the hard way. So the best way to store your knitwear, even if it's not as heavy as a shark collar cardigan, is to fold it and put it in a drawer. You don't want to hang knitwear, man, because it's going to mess with the shape of it. And if it's in the off season, then you want to store it in something breathable, maybe like a breathable laundry bag or something like that. And uh, you just put them away because you want the fabric to be able to breathe, but never hang them. Now, one last thing, regardless of how much you pay for your sweater or cardigan, there's a good chance that you have to deal with pilling. The good news is that's not too hard to fix. So what you want to do is get a special sweater comb and run it over the area where it's pilling. So this is what I recommend when it comes to your knitwear to make them last longer. Now, last but not least, your shoes. So very similar to your suit, how I say you have to brush it when you take it off and also brush it before you put it back on. I would recommend the same thing with shoes, especially with shoes because your shoes are touching the ground. So you want to make sure that you give your shoes a good brush when you first take them off and also give them another good brush when you're about to put them back on, assuming that you don't have them in boxes. Me personally, my shoes are in boxes, so they don't collect any dust. But because I have a really big collection, it's just a habit for me to brush them prior to putting them on because I could put a shoe in a box and not see it again for like a month or two. If I could have it my way, my shoes would actually be on shelves, but unfortunately, I don't have that kind of space. So if your shoes are on shelves, you definitely want to make sure you're brushing them before you're putting them back on because they're going to be collecting a lot more dust than when they're in a box. And I've spoken about this before. When it comes to your shoes, personally, I like to clean them myself. Recently, I made a YouTube video on how to polish a pair of museum calf shoes. But everything in that video, you can also use with any kind of leather. It doesn't have to be museum calf. That video is more about the type of um, wax and cream that you should use with museum calf. Because that's a question I get posed a lot, being that museum calf is usually two colors combined, not just one color. But as far as the principles of it, you can use those techniques with any shoe color. So I will include a link to that video in the description of this episode. But if cleaning your shoes yourself is not your thing, then you can definitely go to a cobbler or, you know, there are shoe shiners like in the subways in New York City, for example, that can clean your shoes for you. So definitely make sure that you're cleaning your shoes you don't have to clean them after everywhere, but you do have to brush them after everywhere. And um, another way to take care of your shoes is to make sure that you're getting shoe trees. I spoke about that just recently. Episode 14, Step Into Style, 10 Shoe Mistakes to Steer Clear Of. In that episode, I did speak about shoe trees. So you can go in there if you want to get more information on the topic. So definitely make sure that you have shoe trees in your shoes. That way when you take the shoes off, the shoe trees are going to help absorb the moisture that the shoe collected throughout the day. So very important that you put shoe trees in your shoes. That's probably the single tip that's going to help your shoes last the longest. And the third thing that I do 
to make sure that my shoes are going to last as long as possible is to use metal toe tips on my shoes. So a lot of times people ask me, how come I have those things on my shoes? And that's because the way that I walk, the front of my shoes are the first thing to hit the ground. So it's very important for me to have metal toe tips on there because instead of the leather absorbing that kind of damage, the metal toe tips are in place for that. So I always opt for those every chance I get because that makes a really big difference. And the last thing when it comes to shoes, no matter what happens, you really don't want to wear your shoes on consecutive days. Because the moisture that's in the shoe, it's not going to get a chance to naturally dry. So always leave at least one day in between wears when it comes to your shoes. That's why it's very important to have more than one pair. Three pairs is probably optimal, but you can also get away with two pairs. That way you alternating the shoes, but never wear them on consecutive days. And as promised, the biggest cheat code when it comes to prolonging the life of your clothes is when you get your suit, make sure that you're getting two pairs of trousers. And that's one of the reasons why I usually recommend that you get your suits from companies that sell the jacket and the trousers separately. Now, I know that all companies do that. If they don't do it, then it is what it is. But if you're getting your suits custom made, or if you're buying them from companies like Berg & Berg, Albert, Spian McKay, Natalino, those kind of companies sell the jacket and the trousers separately. So that way you can get one jacket and two trousers. And that's going to double the life of your suit. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with thrift stores. I'm not that familiar with them myself. I don't go to a lot of them. I don't usually thrift. Actually, I don't thrift at all. But some of my friends do. And I've been there with them before. And one thing that I always notice, there are usually a lot more jackets there than there are trousers. And that's because your trousers are usually the first thing to go when you're talking about a suit. The trouser goes through a lot more than the jacket does. So at a thrift store, you're going to find a lot of orphan suit jackets. And by orphan, I mean they belong to a suit, but the trousers are no longer available. So if you want to double the life of your suit, the simplest way is to get two trousers as opposed to one. And I know it's an extra expense, but if you like the suit, why wouldn't you want to double the life of that suit? Makes sense. But one thing to consider if you are going to do that, if you want to make sure that you alternate the trousers every time you wear the suit. So you never want to wear, let's say, one trouser for six months and then go to the other trouser for six months. You want to make sure every time that you wear the suit, you alternate the trousers. That way the colors always match. And also, if something happened where you have to get the suit dry clean, even though I don't really recommend that you dry clean your suits that often, but like I was saying, if you get some stain on there or there's a smell on there that you want to get rid of, in that case, you want to make sure that you send both trousers to the cleaners, not just one. Send the whole suit, the jacket and both trousers to the cleaners at the same time because you want them to always be the same color. So this is the part of the show where I answer your questions. If you want to participate, all you have to do is go to I'mNotAGentleman.com. There'll be a blue microphone on the bottom right corner. Click on that. Tell me your name and where you're from. And leave your question for a chance for it to be answered on the podcast. This question comes from Zev. Let's get to it. Hey, this is Zev from Bergenfield, New Jersey. 
As I build out my shoe collection, I'm wondering if you have advice on what types of shoe trees I should be looking for. Um, there seems to be lots of different options, the split toe, the solid ones, the ones with the, uh, it feels like it splits like somewhere like on the side of the foot. Um, there are all these different options, tons of stuff on Amazon, and it's kind of too much to choose from. That's a really good question. Shoe trees are very important. Like I said, I talk more about it in episode 14. But this is something that I always recommend to my clients. When you're budgeting for your shoes, you always want to make sure that the price of the shoe trees are included in that budget. So if your budget for shoes is 500, then it's best that you get a pair of $400 shoe and then pay an extra $100 for the lasted shoe trees that come with the shoes. Lasted shoe trees are going to be your best bet because the shoe trees are made on the same exact last as the shoe, so they're going to always be the best fit. With that said, there are some shoe companies that do not provide lasted shoe trees. So in that case, you have to get something generic. So I would say it depends on your budget. I'm a big fan of buying the best that you can. So for any shoe that I have that do not have lasted shoe trees, I pay about $80 per shoe tree. And I get mine from Scotty Bulaget, which is a store out of Sweden. And they have a couple of different options, but you want to get the one that's natural, meaning that it has no painting on there because that's going to allow it to draw moisture better. But if you want to get something that's less expensive, you want to stay away from the ones where the part that goes where the heel of the shoe is, is very skinny because that's going to do more bad than good. Your heel is not shaped like that. So you want to get something with a rounded heel that's going to fill the back of the shoe. I've seen those with very skinny, pointy backs that can actually damage the back of your shoes. So you want to make sure you're staying away from those. And another type of shoe tree that I would stay away from are the ones that have the metal piece. And that's where you would hold the shoe tree. Because what happened to me once is the metal part ended up coming out and I couldn't get it back in because there's a screw at the bottom that screws into the wood and that part was stripped. So the hole was too big for the screw to fit back in there. Pause. And um, that was a really bad experience for me, man, because I couldn't get it back in there. So I had to get another shoe tree. So I always recommend that you get the ones that have the wooden handles. As far as the ones where the front opens, I would say those are good options if you have really white feet. So being that the shoe trees are generic, Typically, they don't come in different widths. It's really one size fits all as far as the width. So those are good options if you have really wide feet. That way you can get a good fit for the shoes. But I like my shoe trees to look as close as possible to elastic shoe trees. I also like them to have the hole in the middle because that makes them a lot lighter because you don't want your shoe trees to be heavy. So yeah, that's what I would recommend. Really good question, even though the question got cut off at the end. And um, keep the questions coming. So thanks for checking out how to prolong the life of your clothes and come back again next week for another fire episode of I'm Not a Gentleman. Peace. Back in there, back in there, back again. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Back in there, yeah. Tell them to watch.